0: Are you a true crime advocate? Are you passionate about uncovering the truth and bringing justice to victims? Do you love the paranormal and spooky tales? If you answered yes to any of these questions, then you won't want to miss the True Crime and Paranormal Podcast Festival in Austin, Texas, this August from the 25th to the 27th. This festival features panel discussions, workshops, and live podcasts focusing on ethics and advocacy in the true crime sphere. Get your tickets now at truecrimepodcastfestival.com and join us in Austin for an unforgettable experience.
1: Welcome to another episode of Diagnosing a Killer, The Mental Breakdown. Ooh. I'm excited.
0: Oh, I already sound very ill. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna the have wheeze. to I know I'm gonna have to like, <laughs> like lean back when I laugh so I'm not like breathing right into your face. Sounds great. Thanks. Yeah. I Hi it. everyone, I'm Kenna. I'm Koel. And we're really excited to be back with you guys today. Did we not already say that?
1: No. I, I always so. forget
0: every time. Even if we did, who cares? We just say our names a bunch of
1: times, yeah. they know us. I think it's like, hello, hello, welcome to another episode, you know, yeah. banter, and then I'm kinda I'm Ka-El. yeah.
0: Yeah. Sometimes. I don't know. It's, it's not like, consistent. You know what? We're not perfect, and if you guys are looking for perfect, you're never going to find it. You're never going to find it. <laughs> so, I'm sure that most of you saw on our Instagram that I am not feeling well. This is going to be Coel's mental breakdown, so I don't have to talk the whole entire time, True. but I'm really... Really looking forward to it because of the little hints you've been giving me. Yes. Before we do get started, I want to just quickly mention our Instagram. We have Diagnosing a Killer. We have that platform on every social media. That's our handle, with the exception of Twitter, which is at Killer Diagnosis. And then we do have our Patreon set up. We are going to be releasing an additional bonus episode for the $10 and $20 Patreons or Patrons at the end of the month on the 29th it'll be on the 29th of every single month so if you want a really interesting grotesque gross Mm -hmm. case that's going to be coming out on the 29th and koala
1: is going to be doing that one are we only going to do like leap years then for february
0: yeah, probably so. We'll figure it out next year. <laughs> February will be our month off. Yeah, <laughs> but we will be doing that, and then um, every tier of the Patreon, 5 10 and $20, gets you ad-free early episodes. Again, with the exception of this week, because I haven't been feeling well. But it's not COVID, so that's why we are bringing you this today. Yes. Lastly, I do also want to mention we are super, super excited about our collaboration with Lady You're Scaring Us. Hillary, Taylor, and Morgan are great. I've been talking to Hillary a lot Lately, and we are going to be releasing an episode that correlates to their episode next Monday, the
1: 17th. So be looking forward to that. Collaborations are fun. They are fun. Yeah, it was a lot of fun doing moviecation. Really excited about Lady You're Scaring Us. It's going to be fun. I know.
0: Very excited. Yeah, so we got a lot of really great things in the work, as well as the True Crime and Paranormal Podcast Festival. Happening. Is it the work, or is it the works? Did I say the work? Yeah, you did. Well, you know what? I'm on a lot of NyQuil, so, or DayQuil. <laughs> Whatever it is. Shit. What time is it? Don't fall asleep on me. <laughs> no. Nah. I took DayQuil this time. Mm-hmm. But I clearly sound stuffy. So I'm going to yeah. let you take the take the reins. Sure, yeah. Uh, also, don't forget to check out DiagnosingAtKiller.com. Oh, yeah. We got a lot of good merch. I actually have my merch sticker on the back I of my know. computer. You can see it. Full buddy heaps. I
1: can't believe your sticker came in so fast, too. I it know. was like four days.
0: You now, we've got a couple people that have already ordered shirts and mm-hmm. stickers, so we're really excited about that. You guys continue to get your merch and continue to give us suggestions if you want to see something new on the shirts or any kind of other merch, for let sure. us
1: know. So today, I've we've had requests. Okay. okay. We've had requests for certain people, certain serial killers, if you will, but a lot of the times we don't tackle those cases because they haven't been caught. So today, we're going to talk about famous killers who were never caught, and their psychological profiles. These will, each one of these, I'm only going to tackle three, but each one has, they're very famous cases. Okay. And they are cases where, you know, it's like, this is who we would be looking for, you know, and, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I
0: love the, like, FBI... I know you're going to get into this, obviously, but this is awesome because I think it's super interesting being, like, an FBI, like, profiler. Right. And it's usually spot on. Like, yeah. you know, we've talked about, I think it was Richard Chase, and we talked about the, the FBI. were like, yeah, we're looking for what we think is, like, you know, a white male, very thin, kind of very disheveled. Like, well, It was, like, spot on.
1: They didn't even know yeah. who he was. <laughs> it's like, that's exactly him. It's like Mine Hunters. Yeah, that's really interesting. Wow, I'm excited. Content warning. This episode depicts scenes of assault and death of minors suicide and war although these topics are discussed in a sensitive manner some content may still be disturbing if this episode isn't for you we encourage you to check out another one of our episodes remember that your mental health comes first love Love you you.
0: bye that was a good one
1: that was a good one (laughs) so first we're gonna talk about the zodiac killer just right off the bat we're gonna talk about zodiac god it's a hefty one for the beginning so the Zodiac Killer was active, as far as we know, between 1968 and 1969. That? One year. Really? I thought yes. it was
0: earlier in the 1900s, too. I didn't realize it was so, like, late. Well, not so
1: late, but so recent. Yeah, in the 70s. I huh. mean, late 60s, early 70s. Wow. While well, Zodiac has only been officially linked to five victims, the Zodiac himself has claimed responsibility for closer to 37 suspected murders, rapes, and arsons.
0: Oh, because he wrote letters, didn't he? Yeah. <gasps> and he didn't pull like a fucking BTK. He was like, can you trace this floppy disk?
1: <laughs> he was smart about it. Yeah, can you trace this floppy <laughs> Please
0: tell me you can't trace me.
1: Oh, no, we can't trace that at all. Of course Dummy. <laughs> <laughs> Dummy. Check out the merch at diagnosticakiller.com. <laughs> He operated in the Southern California area, kind of north San Francisco, closer to Lake Mm Viejo. On December 20th, 1968, Betty Lou Jensen and David Arthur Faraday were on their first date. The couple were to attend a high school production later in the evening, first stopping at a restaurant to eat and then stopped by a mutual friend's place and ultimately decided to drive and park in a well-known lover's lane. All right, son of Sam. (laughs) Berkowitz. (laughs) Yeah. The couple pulled into a spot at about 10.15, but by 11, the couple were found shot to death. <gasps> the scene looked as if the killer had approached Betty's window, ordering her out of the car with a gun. And When David began to exit his side of the car to confront the killer, he was shot once in the head, killing him instantly. This isn't around the same time as Berkowitz, is it? Uh, Berkowitz was a little later. I think his first crime was like seventy-five, seventy-six. Oh, okay. So they wouldn't have like thought it was him, right? Right. Gotcha, yeah. gotcha. So David was actually just 17 years old. They were high school kids. Oh, no. When the killer's focus was on David after he shot him, Betty began to run from the scene, but was ultimately shot five times in the back. (gasps) She would be found 28 feet from the car. and She was just 16.
0: Oh, my God. Five times in the back? Well, yeah, she was running
1: away. Oh, God,
0: that's so scary. Do you think that, like, okay, this is going to sound really silly, but do you really think that, like, the zigzag running away thing works? Or do you, like think that you would still get shot a bunch of times
1: i don't know it worked in apocalypto but a movie
0: <laughs> it was a really cool scene though i just oh that's that's really sad like no one should ever have to find out if that works or not like
1: ugh. i don't know i don't know what would be like it just it depends on who the perpetrator is really that's if true they're a if good they're... shot exactly oh god that's so awful Darlene Farron and Michael Mangu were sitting in Darlene's car at a nearby park around midnight on July 4th, 1969. Oh no. So this would have been seven months later. Okay. The two were surprised to see a car pull into the vacant parking lot and choose to sit in a spot so close to them. Oh hell no. Given that there were plenty of spaces throughout the park. Absolutely not. I'm fucking out. (sighs) Almost as soon as the car parked though, it began to reverse and eventually drive off. Ew, he was, like, pulling up to look at them and then leaving? Ew, what a fucking creep. That's exactly what I thought. I was like, he, he was probably looking to, A, see if there was anybody in the car, and B, who was in the car.
0: And how many people, right? Or, like, male or female, or maybe it's a couple or whatever.
1: Ooh. Another ten minutes would pass when the same car pulled alongside Darlene's car again. Fuck no. The driver stepped out of the car and approached the passenger side door where Michael was sitting. The killer held a flashlight up and a 9mm Luger. (gasps) Essentially, the two would be blinded by the flashlight. Yeah, I was was going to say, it's
0: like Golden State shit. Like, blind you with the flashlight and then kill you before you even realize what's happening.
1: He shot five times into the car, mostly hitting Michael. However, most of the bullets that hit Michael actually passed through him and (gasps) into Darlene as well. (gasps) Oh my god. (laughs) The killer turned to walk away, but returned to fire two more shots into each victim, ultimately leaving. Darlene would be pronounced dead at the scene, and although Michael was shot in the head, neck, and chest, he would survive.
0: Oh my god. Okay, so this is like... I don't really know a lot about Zodiac, obviously. This is like a really weird M.O. Like, random strangers, no before or after, just like, going up, shooting, goodbye. Right. Like, for seemingly no fucking reason. Right. Did he just like hate couples, like, he just wasn't ever in a relationship, and, like, oh, go ahead. You're thinking <laughs> like an FBI profiler. I'm profiling <laughs> over here.
1: Michael would be able to provide a brief description of the killer, saying that he was a white male, aged 26 to 30, 190 to 200 pounds, 5'8", with light brown curly hair. The next day, police received a phone call from someone claiming responsibility for the killings of David, Betty, Darlene, and the attempted murder of Michael, it was linked to a gas station not far from the crime scene, but nothing further gave clues to who it was. They oh didn't catch anybody. Gosh. No surveillance. Whatever.
0: The the phone call thing immediately makes me think of the Weepy Voice Killer.
1: I don't know. I can't stop killing. It's so. <laughs> I hate
0: that guy. Like, I
1: hate that guy so much. full actual full body heat. I know. God. It's ugh. so I've bizarre. Always, I've thought about doing that case and then playing the nine one one tapes no.
0: <laughs> for everybody. <laughs> I, I would leave. <laughs> I'm god. gonna excuse myself for this portion of <laughs> it's
1: fucking. so sad. He's just like uncontrollably sobbing. Yeah, if any
0: like, listeners don't know what who the weepy oh. voice killer is, just Google weepy voice killer and like it'll like, take you to the audio, and it's fucking like
1: earth-grueling, shattering. Like they thought he was a woman. They were like, "Ma'am, calm down, ma'am," because he's like, "I'm not a woman. I'm not a woman." Oh my god! No,
0: he, I'm gonna laugh at you. He just if, just for a side note, the wavy voice killer obviously killed, and then he would call to try to turn himself in, but he would be sobbing, and it's very eerie. Like It's
1: so eerie. It's hard to listen to. That's like <laughs> compulsion. You know, I was talking to somebody at the bar, you know, two nights ago that there's some people that just, and not to excuse the behavior whatsoever, I'm yeah. not saying that, but that there's a very real difference between somebody that's like a thrill killer and somebody that has no fucking choice, like, in their mind. They yeah. think they have no other choice but to kill. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of the way Berkowitz was a little bit. And
0: those are the most, I think those are the scariest people that, yeah. that genuinely think that they're killing for, like, a purpose or that they don't have control over. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Or Ugh. that
1: they're, like, ordained from God. Yeah. <laughs> that, blah, blah,
0: blah. We are the two prophets! We are the two
1: prophets! <laughs> In early August, the killer sent three letters to three separate newspapers, all of which were almost identical and included a 408-syllable-coded letter.
0: Oh my god, fucking BTK. I guarantee you BTK was like, Zodiac got away with it. I could fucking I do it. I could fucking do
1: It's just a
0: stupid newspaper reporter. Like,
1: or whatever. <laughs> okay, the killer claimed that the coded letter would reveal the killer's true identity, and that he wished it would to be circulated in the papers, or else he would claim the lives of 12 more individuals before the end of the week. Fuck you. I hate when people do that shit. Like, I'm not... Shut <laughs> <laughs> What did I say? <laughs> My nose is stuffy. <laughs> I hate when people do that shit. Like Fuck a fucking dark. Fucking dog.
0: <laughs> you fucking like dog. But for real, though, I hate when people do that shit, like come find me or I'm going to do some more damage. Like, yeah. fuck you. Like, you're come not that me. special. Like, can't catch me. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm the fucking gingerbread man.
1: I was thinking about that lubed up oiled guy from Family Guy. Oh, deaf, deaf <laughs> greased up deaf guy. Is oh,
0: what it is. It is. <laughs> and then they I find out. Was,
1: I didn't realize he was deaf.
0: Yeah. They find out in the, in the AA episode that he's just an alcoholic and he's like <laughs> lost his fucking mind. <laughs> and he's sober. and He's like a fucking businessman with like a suit. That's <laughs> uh, funny.
1: Along with publishing these letters, police also included a request that the killer reach back out to them with further details of the crime in order to prove that they were actually communicating with the Zodiac.
0: Kind of smart. And also, they were probably trying to see if maybe he made a mistake on the second yeah. one and like maybe left some sort
1: of fingerprint or something. Actually, I'm, I I correct myself. It was the killer at this point because he dubs himself the Zodiac. Of course he fucking does. Of course he fucking does. <laughs> I wonder which other ones he tried out. <laughs> Did he give them options? I'm the runner-upper shooter guy. <laughs> <laughs> sneak attack tuck shooter. Idiot. <laughs> uh,
0: honestly, the more you're talking about it, though, like, the more BTK, like,
1: isn't original. <laughs> like, He's not. <laughs> He's not. I don't... Well, I mean, I don't know about original, but, yeah.
0: Just to let everyone know, complete side note, sorry I keep going off on these tangents, we made a really fucking cool BTK <sighs> merch item, and... Who, the people that we're going through our merch with didn't allow it because it was too crude or too vulgar, but essentially, we had talked about it a couple episodes ago, we had had we had made it like a handwritten <laughs> note with like all of his potential nicknames crossed out and then his name on the bottom. Yeah. If you want that merch, let me know. I have the original like template and we can find someone who will make it into a merch yeah, item. Yeah, it's like, hilarious. It's a great yeah. fucking... Panty Prowler. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think <laughs> that one's on there. Yeah. <laughs> but it
1: was it's a really great design. Yeah. yeah. The day after the letter was published, another letter arrived. The letter stated this, saying, quote, Dear Editor, this is the Zodiac speaking. Oh, my God. <sighs> this letter contained specific details about the crimes that were never released to the public, and just a few days after the coded letters were actually published in the papers, a local woman from Salinas, California, was able to find the pattern and decipher it. I think she was, like, a school teacher or something.
0: Oh, so, like, she because she actually, like, put aside time to try. Yeah. And, like, the
1: police clearly yeah. didn't. <laughs> this is, like, a few days
0: later. She's like, oh, yeah, it's like the New York Times. Like, I do it in five minutes. <laughs> like, the well, crossword puzzle.
1: I don't know if they knew that it was, like, a... Well, I guess they did, because he did say it would reveal who it was, yeah. right? So, the letter read, quote... And this is all in caps as well. Mm. I like killing people because it is so much fun. It is more fun than killing a wild game in the forest because man is the most dangerous animal of all to kill. Ooh. Something gives me the most thrilling experience. It is even better than getting your rocks off with a girl. The best part of it is that they, when I die, I will be reborn in paradise, and thy, I have killed, will become my slaves. I will not give you my name because you will try to slay down or atop of my collectung (laughs) It's slaves for afterlife, and then it's a bunch of letters after that. That's end quote, but the rest of it is E B E O R I E T E M E T H H P I T I. End quote.
0: Do you think that he? Okay. Lemony Stickets again, <laughs> bringing it back up. <laughs> do you remember at the very end where she writes a letter, like, saying that she's, like, offed herself and she left, but she made a bunch of per- purposeful
1: errors in spelling and then yes. he deciphered it through that? Do you think he was trying to do that? Yeah, I think so. I okay. think that at the beginning he was like, okay, like, I'm going to use this, but what a... But even dangerous animal is like it's not even an I, it's an A. That's what I'm saying. So like the A would be like yes a code, and okay. so I think that he was trying to throw people off by being like, well, it can't possibly be that. So maybe the whole code is different because it can't possibly oh. be this word because it doesn't fit here in this. Gotcha. Know. So I don't know what he was doing. Either way, he's a cute, confusing motherfucker. <laughs> this letter references the most dangerous game, right? The book, mm-hmm. right? Which was interesting. On September 27th, Brian Hartnell and Cecilia Shepherd were picnicking by a lake when they were approached by a man wearing an executioner's hood, sunglasses, and a cross-circle symbol drawn on his chest. Fuck no. Immediately <sighs> no. I don't remember what show it was, but there was a depiction of this entire fucking scene and it was haunting. I'm... I, was it mine, Hunter? I can't remember. Pass. <laughs> Yikes, hard pass. Yikes on bikes. <laughs> Yikes on bikes. Brian and Cecilia had no idea that this same symbol on this man's chest was actually signed in each one of the Zodiac letters. Oh, fuck no. The man held up a gun, handed Cecilia some lengths of rope, and told her to tie Brian up, after which he tied up Cecilia. Suddenly, the man pulled out a knife and began to stab Brian, ultimately stabbing him six times in front of Cecilia. Oh my
0: god, But he's escalating, because that's really personal.
1: He turned to Cecilia and then stabbed her a total of ten times. Oh, my God. A man and his son were fishing nearby and heard screams of someone in distress. Mm -hmm. After doing some searching, they came upon the couple laying there, both still alive and conscious. (gasps) Park rangers were notified immediately, and first responders would arrive on the scene. Cecilia would ultimately not survive her wounds. However, Brian would... Police discovered that Brian's car at the lakeside parking area was about 500 yards from the crime scene. On Brian's driver's side door, police saw markings, the same cross and circle symbol that was present on the man's chest, as wor- well as the words Viejo. 12-20-68, 7 69 September 27th, 69, 6-30 by knife.
0: That's all of his kills. Yeah. Oh, that's fucking disgusting.
1: So it had to have been the same person. Right. Once again, the killer called to report the crime. And once again, although a payphone was located near the crime scene, the killer was not. Jesus. Just two weeks later, a cab driver by the name of Paul Stein would pick up his last passenger. At 9.55 p.m., two teenagers were crossing a street when all of a sudden they heard a shot. They witnessed a man rummaging around Paul's body while sitting in his cab wipe the cab's door handles, and then flee the scene. Paul had been shot point-blank in the back of the head with a 9 millimeter handgun.
0: Oh.
1: Arriving officers would actually pass by a man that was eventually described and connected to previous descriptions of the Zodiac killer. Oh my god. Furthermore, two days later, a local paper received a letter from the Zodiac claiming the crime was his and providing a piece of torn cloth taken from the scene. Like, off of Paul's body.
0: To, that he used to wipe the handle down.
1: Probably. probably. The Zodiac would write several more letters over the next year or so, and the last ones that were actually confirmed to be his ended in 1974. Damn. One of his letters wasn't deciphered for another 51 years, finally being decoded in 2020. What? I didn't know that. Maybe I did know that. He had even called a few radio and television stations in an attempt to remain in the spotlight while he was in operation.
0: (laughs) Fucking BTK, literally. Is it BTK? (laughs) No, he would have been caught.
1: (laughs) He's a time traveler.
0: No, but, like, it's, he clearly wants to, he wants to be caught because he wants the fame. Right.
1: Of being, like, the infamous Zodiac. Yeah. Yeah. But just fucking turn yourself in. Well, there are some theories about that. Oh, okay. <laughs> so there's been plenty of people that have been suspected of being Zodiac over the years, plenty of people that have been cleared, and plenty of crimes that are suspected to be his. Okay. But how do we know what to look for, right? No. John Douglas, who was a writer, made a criminal profile in the Zodiac that seemingly withstands time. The Zodiac is motivated by being seen, a narcissist that believes that he has total control over people. Hmm. The element of surprise is very important to him for some reason. Of course. This is especially peculiar since he targeted couples. So if you're going to ambush somebody, why ambush two people?
0: But you have to have the surprise because if you try to ambush two people, it's easier for them to overtake you unless they're caught off guard.
1: Right. But maybe there's a higher risk of being seen and therefore feeding his own narcissism. It's like a success. It's There's two people. And if I can catch them both off guard, it's even more satisfying than catching, like, one person off guard.
0: And if I can kill one and leave the other one potentially to live and they still can't catch me.
1: Yep. Then I'm the ba- the best. That's like... I mean, that hamster wheel is going. (laughs) Yeah, especially because he was targeting couples where a male was present as well. It wasn't just two females like Berkowitz, you know? Yeah, that's true. So targeting couples, especially when there was a male present, also seemed important and alluded to the fact that maybe he struggled in his own personal relationships, Mm -hmm. like not wanting to see others happy.
0: Oh, fuck off. Like, just let people do
1: their thing. He likely struggles with feeling underestimated in his life, and quite likely has expressed those feelings of inadequacy with others. And then rejected. Yeah. But he's probably like, you know, if he did have a 9 to 5, he'd probably complain that like, he doesn't get raises or praises enough, you know? Yeah. The Zodiac makes several references to the most dangerous game, so he may have hunting back, like a hunting background, and is seen as skilled in various weapons. So like, he was using a gun, but he was also using a knife, so he's clearly very skilled in that. It might even give way to the fact that he might have had a military background, given that he was well-versed in coded messaging and may have had training for this. It's true. Given his narcissism, he likely spoke negatively about officers assigned to the case, or like pseudo-bragging. So he'd probably be like, oh, you hear about that Zodiac killer? Yeah, his dumbass cops. You know? All right, um, save me a little. (laughs) Douglas believed that once the letters, phone calls, and conduct had begun to cease from the Zodiac, it is likely that he died in some fashion. Most likely suicide. Oh.
0: I was gonna say, well, yeah, he, I mean, if he was old enough to commit these crimes in the late 60s, he's probably in his 70s by now if he's alive, if not his 80s. Right. So that makes
1: sense. He might have died by suicide or just because he's, Old. Douglas had said that because his narcissism was so strongly present at every single one of the crime scenes, he would not be able to keep away from being recognized. That's at what some I'm point. saying.
0: Yeah, I feel like if he was still alive, he would most definitely be continuously writing, like, still yeah, letters. For sure.
1: And I, I, I absolutely believe that. I think that either he was already dying, like maybe he had cancer or something like that, and knew that he was already dying, or he probably committed suicide.
0: Do you think it's more of a tendency of people that? you know, have narcissistic tendencies, do you think that they're more likely to commit suicide because they want the control of, like, when they leave? Yeah. Because there's, they're, I feel like people that have narcissistic tendencies, they don't like feeling weak or being weak. And so right. the, even if they are getting, just getting old, it kind of makes sense that they would take the steps to yeah expedite the process on their own accord on their own ac- than, yeah.
1: yeah instead of being like taken down or having to sit on death row or like any of that other stuff right yeah, yeah. or like just
0: being old
1: and being oh, yeah. in a home
0: health care place or whatever you know yeah
1: I agree with that so that is the Zodiac I also wow. put in here that Zodiac Liker has likely has duper's delight cause you uh, oh could fucking see it
0: <laughs> isn't there like photos of am I crazy I feel like there's a photo of a guy with like a pillowcase over his head.
1: Yeah, that's a description that Brian gave. So there's, like, a very real, like, sketch of, like, a man with the... It's the executioner's hood. And was wearing sunglasses to cover his eyes. Because, you know, eye holes. Yeah. And then he... So, but on his chest, he had painted the circle. Okay, I see what you're saying. So if you've seen that sketch, it's like a black and white sketch. Yes. And so that's... Yeah. So that's the depiction that Brian gave. Gotcha. And I think there was one other sketch that Michael might have given uh, But
0: other than that, that's it. Pretty funny that he wanted to be seen so badly, but he's a fucking coward, so he wears something to disguise himself when he's actually killing.
1: But I feel like it's more of a fear thing, because other than the fact that he returned to shoot Darlene and Michael two more times, um, I think that he really thought... I think it was more just fear-based. Yeah. Like, if you really wanted to kill someone, you know, you would stab... I mean, clearly, Cecilia got stabbed six times, I think it was, or ten times. Ten times. And Brian was six. But isn't that interesting that both Michael and Brian would survive?
0: That's what I'm saying. I feel like, like the he kind of liked the idea of someone surviving and potentially being able to identify him, Right. then not.
1: <sighs> but that's like, like that a new guy. level of narcissism. You oh, know what is, I mean? For because, sure.
0: Yeah. It's like, I don't care if I leave you alive. Like, I don't
1: need to overkill. You're yeah. not going to fucking find me anyway. <laughs> okay. And that's why I don't, that's why I honestly think he's not alive anymore. But if you do have any information, contact the FBI. I think that's like the coolest thing I've ever said in my life. <laughs> There's no task force. It is just the FBI. Yeah, there's no,
0: like, helpline for this. Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Just talk into your phone real quick. They'll hear you. Yeah,
0: just call the FBI.
1: Our next case we're going to be talking about is the Alphabet Killer. Okay. No? I might not know this one. This is giving me heebies just thinking about it. Rochester, New York, November 18th, 1971. The body of a 10-year-old girl named Carmen Colon was found half-nude, by two teenage boys along Interstate 490. Oh, no. She had been raped, beaten, and strangled before being dumped along the interstate in a small community named Churchville. She was last seen at a pharmacy where she was instructed to go and receive medication for her grandmother. When the pharmacist notified Carmen that the prescription wasn't ready yet, she decided to leave the shop. While walking down the interstate, a car pulled over and a man got out, attempted to grab Carmen and place her into his car. Carmen's pants were ripped from her body in an effort on her behalf to escape. How do we know this took place? There were multiple witnesses that saw this attack. Oh my gosh. Bystanders watched as the half-clothed child ran from the dark-colored pinto that was reversing on the interstate. It parked, a man got out, grabbed the child once more, and mm. placed her into the back of the vehicle. Not one person reported it until after Carmen's body was found. Bystander effect. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. That's, like, the most hardcore one I think I've ever fucking heard. Bystander effect. Like, the Kitty Genevieve's Fine. It was three in the morning. It looked like a, a drunken argument between a couple. A half-nude child. No pants. And a... What? I was driving oh, no.
0: down the highway the other day, and I was with a couple of girlfriends of mine, and there was this gentleman walking up the highway. On the, on the highway. Like, yeah. 410. Like, yeah. really busy highway. Walking... To oncoming traffic on the side of the bridge, and he was looking over the bridge, looking oh, over, looking over, and my girlfriend in the passenger seat said, "I said, oh my gosh, do you think we should call the cops?" And she goes, "Oh no, somebody else will." And I said, "That's the bystander effect." And she could, she said, "You know what? You're
1: right." And she called nine one one immediately, and Ren reported it. I've only done that once, where yeah, I've seen somebody peering over. <sighs> Scary. And I'm talking like no broken down car, and in oh, your yeah, direction. No, it's just somebody. And it was on dark highway. outside too. Yeah, mm.
0: But yeah, it was just uh, one of those things. Bystander effect, guys, if you see something, say something. Don't wait for someone else to say something. You know, it's statistically proven that it's easier to get away with a crime in a crowd than it is to do it one-on-one or within with two, pe- two or three people.
1: Rewards were posted along with billboards, encouraging anybody else to come forward with information regarding the kidnapping and murder of Carmen Galon. But the case is still unsolved. Damn. To this day. At 8 p.m. on April 2nd, 1973... Joyce Walkowitz phoned police to report her daughter, Wanda, missing. Oh, no. She had instructed her daughter to run down the street to a local store to pick up some groceries around 5 p.m. It was not like Wanda to not immediately return home afterwards. Several neighbors in the community searched for Wanda at friends' houses and local parks. Some schoolmates of Wanda's had recognized her as she walked down the street struggling with bags full of groceries. Another neighbor stated that they saw a young girl that matched Wanda's description standing next to what was described as a dark brown colored car. She was talking to the man that was inside the car, and although this claim was the opposite of what another neighbor said, wherein the car was a light colored car, it was kind of the last known sighting of Wanda either way. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: I think one said that it was a brown colored car, and the other one said it was a light colored car. I'll just Mm -hmm. say that. Wanda would be found the following day around 10 a.m. in a ravine in Webster Village. Oh, God. Given her body's placement, it was likely that she had been pushed from a moving car and left to tumble down the ravine.
0: Oh, my God. That's so awful.
1: Although her body was fully clothed, she had been sexually assaulted and strangled to death. A clue to who the killer might be came in the form of several white cat hairs that clung to Wanda's clothing, along with bodily fluids that were found on Wanda. That poor cat. I know, right? Again, the community rallied, posting rewards and billboards, encouraging anybody with any information to come forward, but this case is also still unsolved.
0: Oh my gosh, that's so scary. Imagine, like, I can't imagine being that mom. Or anybody in the community. Yeah.
1: Michelle Mayandas was 11 years old, and she was walking home with a classmate after school. Just headed home. Her mother, Carolyn, called police once it became dark, and Michelle had yet to return home. Carolyn had accidentally... Left a personal belonging at a shop Like a local shop down the street Mm -hmm. And she had asked Michelle on her walk home Later, you know, after school If she would stop by the shop And pick up this personal item Mm -hmm. Michelle would not make that stop Oh no So somewhere in between school and the shop That's a good clue Right Shortly after school was let out A witness saw a young lady that matched Michelle's description Sobbing in a tan or beige colored car Traveling down the road Oh no Makes me think that both witnesses at this point are correct because remember one said brown. I know I said dark brown, but it wasn't. It was just brown. And then the other person said light. Well, now this is tan or beige. Yeah. So what's somebody's perception of brown? Well, then again, we know (laughs) know? eyewitness
0: testimonies can be unreliable, you know, and so, but they're all, it's not like someone's saying pink and someone's saying orange or blue, you know? It's two very
1: similar colors. (laughs) One of them's colorblind. (laughs)
0: Born and brewed in Southern California since 1963, the coffee bean and tea leaf has always been passionate about connecting loyal customers with carefully handcrafted products. Their coffee master, Jay Isaias, only selects the top 1% of Arabica beans from the world's best-growing regions, giving customers the best quality products every time. Whether you're looking for a dark roast to liven up your day or a soothing tea to relax into the night, The coffee bean and tea leaf has it all. Click the link in our show notes today to save $15 off your first purchase and get sipping.
1: Approximately two hours after the sighting, a driver saw a man and a young lady on the side of the road with a flat tire. Oh, hell no. The car was a tan or beige colored car, and the motorist felt badly since the little girl could have only been around 10 years old. The motorist approached the man and seemingly his daughter, and the man seemed startled and began to shield the girl with his body from the Good Samaritan.
0: Oh fuck no. Ugh. Like you're not gonna say anything to this fucking guy that can potentially help you.
1: <gasps> the motorist was almost instantly turned off into persuading the man to like take his help mm-hmm. as the assumed father of the girl had a quote menacing look on his face. Oh fuck no. Oh fuck no. What was the James Taylor thing? Sweating with... What is it? (laughs) Glistening with maniacal maniacal sweat. (laughs) sweat. (laughs) Glistening with maniacal sweat. That's
0: Uh, so scary. Oh my god, like... Um like what do you literally what do you do in that situation? If you think that little girl's in danger, but you think that you could also be in danger now that you're in the presence of this man. I don't like, know if
1: he felt I don't think that he knew anything about the girl. I think yeah. that he thought this was just a father daughter, they needed help with their tire. Oh, this poor guy has his daughter out there on the side of the road and he's a little weird. And <laughs> and then he walks up and tries to offer help and the guy's just like That's what I'm you saying. Know what I mean? like, just when you, like when get you when you approach Hulk out of here with his face. Yeah. You
0: approach the guy and you realize like okay never mind bye have a nice day and like honestly what would you do though because i would probably be like well i wouldn't have stopped in the first place because i'm scared of people but i would probably be like okay never mind bye you know i would probably leave i
1: probably would too i wouldn't even be thinking about the little girl honestly i'd be like oh this guy looks creepy yeah dude seriously side note sorry there was one
0: time i was pumping gas at the valero right down the street i was like probably 18 or 19 like i was really young I was pumping gas. This guy pulls up in front of me and the and the gas pump in front of me, and he gets out to start pumping gas. Well, he he goes, "Excuse me, ma'am. Excuse me, ma'am." I mean, he was probably in his like late thirties, and I go, "Uh, yeah, what's up?" And he goes, "My daughter is just having such a hard time with this math problem. Can you please help her with? She has her homework." She can't, she can't figure out this problem. Can you please come look over, come over here and help her? And my dumbass went over there and tried to fucking help her with the fucking math problem. I'm leaning inside of this man's car. Oh my God. And I'm looking at the the picture and she's looking at me. She's not giving me a weird look. I don't know if he had a buddy that was going to try to rob me in my car or if he was trying to like kidnap me or whatever. I don't know how the fuck I got out of there unscathed. But I kind of got a weird feeling, and I was over there for like a minute or two, like a long time. And I look, I'm, I'm like, I'm sorry, I don't know how to help you. Like, I don't know the problem. Yeah. And I just took off. And I don't know who Did the. fuck Did was... she say anything to you? Not really. Yeah, like it was in my in hindsight, it was probably an abduction, and maybe I was potentially the I next victim. The cops. And I was, but I was so naive at that point. Like, I had no, I didn't even think I was in danger until after the fact. I was like, oh my god, like. I literally could have been kidnapped. Ugh. I know. It's so Ugh. scary to think about now. Well, and, and, and since then, I just ignore people when they try to flag me down. Like that... well, I'll, If they say something like three times, I'll say yeah. But if they say anything other than like, oh, your tire's flat or something to help me, then
1: I'm taking the fuck yeah, off. Yeah, no, yeah, for sure. I can't. I'm like, I'm still mad at myself for doing that. That reminds me of, uh, what, what's his face? Castro, right? He used to take Michelle McKnight or what, what was her name? Michelle Knight? yeah michelle that That he used to take her to go get girls sometimes yeah like Mm -hmm. and that's like you know you get this you get so brainwashed and that you help the person commit the crime too
0: i mean this girl had to have been like eight she was really young but yeah really scary
1: (laughs) the good samaritan turned around and got back into his car before leaving the two on the side of the road this would be the last time that michelle would be seen alive Two days later, her fully clothed body would be found down an embankment in Macedon. Macedon. She had been raped, beaten, and strangled. Michelle's body also had white cat hairs attached to her clothing, and investigators found bodily fluid at this scene as well. Michelle's case also yielded the first look into who may have perpetrated these crimes by the means of an eyewitness sketch, right? Mm. The sketches were circulated along with reward money for any information on the case. However, Michelle's case is also unsolved.
0: So was that the sketch that was the Samaritan that gave the sketch of the guy, or he didn't
1: make the connection that it was her? I think he did. I mean, Uh otherwise we probably wouldn't know about it. That's true. (laughs) So what are the similarities? Yeah. Each victim was fed before being killed, which is interesting. Yeah. All would be dumped... By or close to a highway in a small Rochester community that were also alliterations with their names. Did you catch on? Oh. Carmen Colon in Churchville. Wanda Walkowitz in Webster. And Michelle Mayans. Uh, in Macedon. Yeah. Mayans in, in Macedon.
0: Macedon. <laughs> My voice
1: is like all squeaky. In Macedon. Wow. That's really interesting. They all were appeared that they were pushed out of a moving vehicle or pushed from a vehicle down ravines. All of them disappeared on rainy days and were considered to be very short for their ages, although they were ten and eleven. Two of the victims had white cat hair on them, and two had DNA left at the scene, which are the latter two. Yeah. Other interesting facts about the girls is that all of them were struggling in school, either academically or socially, lonely or isolated, or being bullied and came from financially struggling families.
0: Do you think that... I mean, that kind of points to me like it's someone maybe in the school district that would have known this information about these girls.
1: (laughs) With this in mind, investigators began to think that the perpetrator may work or is closely related to someone who works with the school system or social services. I can solve this case. (laughs) (laughs) That's fucking haunting, though. Yeah, that's really, really terrifying. Remember this as well, that he seemed to know that the girls were doing something out of their normal routines. Like going to a pharmacy or going to go pick up groceries.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. I can't even do it again. I am so sorry, y'all. My voice is fucked up today. <laughs> Jesus
1: Christ. Yes, like running errands for a family member. Or stopping at the yeah, the store or
0: supposedly trying right? to. <gasps> Maybe he was right outside the store. <gasps> Ooh. Okay, good.
1: I, he probably stalked the girls before this. Yeah. So he would know their normal routine. And then mm. if they were doing something odd, ad- like, I mean, literally following these girls every That's day. so fucking scary. Because if they saw, oh, she's not going her normal route. She's going this way. She must be running an errand, meaning that a parent is not going to be looking for her for a certain amount of time. That's so fucked up. Ugh. Ugh. That's fucking crazy. It is. Also, if he worked at the school or in social services, the girls might have felt comfortable receiving rides from him because they likely knew him.
0: No, I'll just take you home. We're just right down the street.
1: And it also may give given a reason to why Michelle didn't speak with the passing motorist because she was with someone she knew. That's true. That's a good point. Like, she wasn't like, oh, this is a total stranger. Yeah. You know what I mean?
0: Oh, my God. <sighs> oh, my God. Do they call him the alphabet killer because he's his teacher or because of the names in the cities? Well,
1: because the names are alliterations. Yeah. Carmen Colon and yeah. The perpetrator likely had a record of sexual offenses and may be a registered sex offender. Ooh. But, you know, how could he work at a school? I don't know if that's, like, a yeah, thing.
0: That's true. When was this?
1: Seventy... Three. Well, they might not have had the background checks that they that's do true. now back they then, might not. You know? But he would have had a history of sexual crimes, for sure. That's true. So included with these sexual offenses, they... He might have also been arrested for things like making lewd phone calls or like sexual like mouth breathers when they fucking used to call you before we had caller ID. Those are some lawless times, bro. (laughs) (laughs) Those were some lawless times. So gross. I had a girlfriend of mine that had a mouth breather that would call her fucking line. Yeah. And she had a personal line. So it only went to her room. Oh fuck that! And I, I, I didn't believe—not that I didn't believe her. I was just—I thought maybe it was sensationalized, like maybe it was a wrong number or something. Yeah. But no, one time I picked up the fucking phone, and it was just a dude breathing into—presumably a, a, no. a dude. He just needed an inhaler. He was just trying. <laughs> he to was trying ask. to call for help. <laughs> he might have also had offenses uh, with voyeurism, meaning like maybe a like a peeping tom. Peep, oh my Peeping, God. you know, peeping. Peeping, tom, you peeping tom peeping <laughs> <Tom. What was laughs> he's it? just tom peeping everywhere tom peeping. so the killer might have actually felt guilty about his acts or the way that he felt afterwards since he tend he would clothe the girls with their clothing again with the exception of carmen because her pants were left mm-hmm. at her abduction site
0: yeah that doesn't make it okay buddy
1: no i'm just saying that it was clearly somebody that <laughs> yeah felt badly for it there were even reports that one of the girl's graves was routinely cared for, not by family or friends, Oh, clearing away leaves and dirt and leaving flowers at her headstone. Oh, fuck no. So just fucking sit on the grave and wait for someone to come by with flowers. Isn't that creepy? Ugh. There have been a few strong suspects throughout the years, and most notably Joseph Nassau of Rochester. He was convicted of six rapes and murders of sex workers, four of which had alliterative names. In fact, one of his victims was 22-year-old Carmen Collin, okay. almost the exact same name as 10-year-old Carmen Collin.
0: Weird. but Right? Then... And they're
1: spelt the same other than an a- accent. But then the age difference is weird. Right. And so this might just be a coincidence. Yeah. NASA was set to receive the charges for the three girls' murders until DNA from Wanda's crime scene absolved their suspicions since huh. the DNA did not match. Damn. Any information regarding this case, you can reach out to Rochester, New York. Tip line at 585 423 9300. They can direct you to the counties. Wow. Or any information. Yeah, absolutely. Ooh, Alphabet that's Killer. A, yeah, that's a wild that's I've one. I've never heard of that one. So this one's for Jordan. Jordan Saxton from Romage Raiders. Hey,
0: guys.
1: I know Jordan really wanted me to do this one, and she was really, really excited because I was on her live, like, two nights ago, I think it was, and I was like, I'm doing the Oakland County child killer, y'all. Oh, no, the child. A.K.A. the babysitter killer. <gasps> okay. In late March, early April of 1977, Dr. Bruce L. Danto, a psychiatrist assigned to the Oakland County child killer case, received a letter addressed to his office with the front of the envelope stating, quote, in all caps, most very important, most urgent please." End quote. <laughs> grammar is terrible. Most very important, most urgent please. <laughs> I'm not out there trying to give advice to, like, anybody perpetrating crimes, but, like, stop writing letters. Seriously. Just stop writing letters. And if you're going to, like, fucking get a grammar course, you dumbass. Yeah,
0: exactly. I don't remember exactly who it was, but it was someone that wrote a, a poem into the police station, and I read the whole thing, and you were like... Yeah, you like that kind of fucking pisses me off. And he's like, "Oh, by the way, I'm really good at poetry." <laughs> Do you remember who that? was that? I don't remember. It was like maybe I think it might have been Golden State Golden or it State, was yeah. Green River. I, I, it
1: was a poem about his I feel childhood, like and State. now he had to, you know, he had to like, yeah, he didn't
0: like sixth grade or
1: whatever. I don't right? know. It was the one, yeah, it was the one where,
0: right? And he's and like, it? "I'd like to add the." Yeah, it was Golden State. He was like, mm-hmm. "I'd like to add the." wife of a mafia lord to my file or whatever. Like that's the, the guy that
1: was dr- riding, trying to ride bikes away from the crime scene, right? Yeah, he just, okay, yeah, he just couldn't guy. ride bikes. Yeah, yeah he, he couldn't ride bikes, but he's really good at poetry. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds <laughs> like, like oh, my kind of dude.
0: <laughs> I was like, dude, it was
1: kind of impressive. <laughs> <laughs> just stick to that. Like, why do you gotta kill? Up until this point, Dr. Danto had been pleading with the killer to contact him after the body of Christine Milek was found lying in a bed of snow on a dead-end street. She was the third confirmed victim of this serial killer. Contained within the envelope was the following letter. Oh, God. You ready for a doozy? Love it. Dr. Danto, I am desperate and nearly gone crazy and haven't no place left to turn. I'm going to commit suicide if you can't help me. Please don't give up the killer to the police. You must help me as there is no else I can turn to. This is for real. I know who the killer is. I live with him and I am his slave. He whips me and beats me all the time, and he will kill me if he finds out that I have written this letter. I have been with him in his car when we go out looking for boys, but I swear I have never, never, never been with him when he picks up the ones he killed. But I am, am in that it is so deep. I am just as guilty to the law as he is. I stayed with him there, here, right there in our apartment during the day while he was working. That makes me just as guilty, and no one can hear them as they gaggled all the time. Gagged all the time. You know, he brings them in stuffed in clothes, hampers. No one here knows the difference. You keep saying Oakland County, not true. He has delivery route in Oakland and Birmingham, places we do, but we do live in Detroit. You want to know people in this building? Primps and hookers and F word for queer people. Oh. You name it. Like on Grimlin, he had it, sure, Grimlin until last boy, but no one stops him in Detroit. he junked it out in Ohio to never be found ever. I tell you what makes him do it, Vietnam. We there together, Frank and me. Oh, Frank's not his real name. I call him that here. Nam screwed up your mind too. Tell you something else. He killed lots of little kids and won medals for it. Burned them to death, bombed them with napalm. It's real because they're Doc. He wants the rich people, like people in Birmingham, to suffer like all of us suffered, to get nothing back for what we did our country. He's not a monster like you think. He really loves children, especially that little girl, for three weeks not doing it because he hates children, but doing it because he hates everybody else out there, and this be his way to get even and give back at everybody." But I cannot do it anymore. He says he won't, but I just know he is going to kill some more. I swear I had no idea, no idea he going to kill that first little boy, that one with the blonde colored hair. I should ain't ever, never helped, but trapped too late helped him stay uncaught. I am just as guilty as he is. I can't go on like this. I felt I like to die. I will turn him in if you swear to help me. I don't want any reward. I'm so afraid if I turn him in, I'd be killed or do forever to jail for what I... so something I did ate, want, or didn't start. If you be real doctor, you must help me. If you promise, and what really promise, that you not punish me, like you call it emuti, <laughs> When
0: monster enter brain.
1: <laughs>
0: sorry. I'm sorry.
1: When monster enter brain. <laughs> This is really hard, y'all. Sorry.
0: No, it's, it's not okay. funny. It's, 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 it's not, really, not. It's
1: just, it's hard to read because it's, it's trying to read it verbatim, but the ver- the verbiage is just so, like... Incorrect. It yeah. doesn't compute. <laughs> if you be real, doctor, you must help me. If you promise and what really promise that you not punish me, like you call it a mootie. I'm assuming immunity. I mean, I'm meeting with you this Sunday night. I swear, I swear I tell you all of it. Everything I have to tell someone, have to tell someone. Please, please, please not print this in paper. He, Frank, kill me. I am his slave and he owns me like whatever he wants almost killed me once. I be only one alive, know it him. Nobody else know. I'm so scared all the time. Policemen come to the door, never happen. He say we never be caught, but I am scared to die. I be guilty too. I not, gee, be, call, you, a raid. Police trace all your callback here. But if you will, own Louie, please, please, help me, help me, and promise me not go jail. In writing, I tell you all of it, everything, everything, and it all, all be over. I never, never want it to be like this with little children dead. If you will help me, please, please, there be no other hope. You tell me it be all right with code in Sunday papers. This Sunday, news, free press. You do like other letter you write on front page of papers this Sunday. It be to say whether, I think it's beau say treason bloom in three weeks. I know you get my letter and understand. I mean, I can trust you. I set up meeting with you, no more little children's die. Please help me, please. I feel so bad, like garbage, not deserve to live anymore. Maybe I kill self first, but must get out of this some way. Please help me. I sign, Alan. Oh, <sighs> whew, that was a doozy. I know, it's so long. But I feel like there's really, like, some important information in there. I feel like I could have maybe shortened it
0: no but it, it's really telling what it immediately makes me think is that this per this perpetrator has did and this is maybe a child um forward presenting Ooh. identity that doesn't have good grammar and doesn't have control over the body when the body the person in the driver's seat does the killing wow but this child doesn't want other children to die that's interesting that explains the grammar and yeah. that explains why he's saying that he's a slave and he's trapped but he's not going to be killed unless the whole person dies that's interesting. Yeah. That's what makes me think of it. <laughs> makes
1: You blew my mind just now.
0: <laughs> you should call it the
1: FBI. <laughs> <laughs> Have you checked out? <laughs> Have you checked out this uh, DID? Yeah. Dr. Danto worked with police and uh, placed a coded message within that Sunday's newspaper.
0: Okay. So they did it.
1: They did. And they also left a phone number for the assumed accomplice. A man would call the doctor and arrange to meet at a local bar. An undercover officer accompanied the doctor that evening, and the two were surprised when they were instructed to meet at a local gay bar. Okay. Either way, the two sat at the bar all evening, only ever being approached by one man. The man asked the UC, the undercover cop, to buy him a drink, to which the UC basically kind of, like, hand-waved him away. He kind of shooed him away. The man then left the bar. It is now speculated that the man that approached the UC was, in fact, Alan.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, he just, like, brushed off the Yeah, he's like, get out of here. I'm
1: doing something, <laughs> yeah, <good." laughs> I'm, wa- I'm waiting for this perp to walk yeah, in. for this perp to walk <laughs> in. He's like, I, uh, okay, Okay, whatever. well, you know what? I tried. Yep. <laughs> the two were not approached by anyone else that night. So it was the only person that approached them. Huh. Fourteen months before this letter arrived, okay, before this whole scenario, okay. before the letter, Twelve-year-old Mark Studding went missing on February 15th, 1976. Four days later, the deceased boy was found curled up next to a dumpster in an office building parking lot. He was fully clothed, and other than the fact that he was deceased, his body seemed well manicured. His nails were cut and clean. His shirt and pants were washed and pressed. His hair was clean and combed. His shoes were tied, and his coat was zipped. He simply looked like he was asleep. Upon further inspection during autopsy, bruising around his wrists and ankles indicated that he had been bound. He had been beaten, sexually assaulted, with some sort of object, and ultimately smothered. Yeah. Also during autopsy, they found that he had been killed within eight hours of his discovery.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: Meaning that he was with the killer for the duration of his disappearance. So he was gone for four days. Yeah. The nature in which Mark's body was cared for post-mortem, investigators dubbed the killer the babysitter killer.
0: So that also makes me think D.I.D. Because maybe this person, this identity, killed the boy, and then a different identity cared for him. Felt bad about it and cared for him afterwards.
1: Ten months later, on December twenty second, nineteen 1967, 12-year-old Joel Robinson and her mother got into a heated argument over what to make for dinner that evening the frustrated jill stormed out of the house grabbing her bike and took off from the house around 7 or 7 15 jill's mother carol assumed that jill had made an impulsive decision to head to her father's house which wasn't too far and it wasn't uncommon for her to travel by bike mm-hmm. trusting her daughter would make it safely carol wasn't too worried until later that evening when she began to worry when neither parents had heard from jill Carol did express to police that the two had had an argument, and police at this time considered Jill to be a runaway. The following day, Jill's bike was discovered tucked in some bushes behind a hobby store. How old was she again? She was 12. It was at this time that it was clear that something untoward had happened towards the young girl. After speaking to the store clerks and a few other potential witnesses, someone came forward stating that the evening before, they had seen Jill riding her bike in the area of the store parking lot, Mm -hmm. the hobby store. So this was likely the location in which she was kidnapped. Yeah. Jill's body would be discovered the following day off Interstate 75. Jill's body was also cleaned, manicured, and cared for. (sighs) She had been fed and bathed over the course of the few days that she was gone, which I think was only like two days. She was even wearing the backpack that she had left home with. Like, the backpack was placed on her.
0: This is such an interesting MO. Right? It almost kind of seems like a dissociation from childhood, which could explain the DID. Mm -hmm. And it almost seems like the perpetrator is trying to relive or trying to recreate a childhood that he wanted for himself when he was little. He or she was little. And that's why they feed the, the... baby the child they bathe them they clean them up very nicely and right. then maybe they get so distraught over the fact they didn't have that so they take the person's life unfortunately um mm-hmm. that could even mean why they kept up the prim and proper afterwards too mm-hmm. even it might not be it might
1: be did it might not be but yeah definitely definitely a childhood thing Jill's cause of death was completely different from Mark's, though. In fact, she had been shot in the face with a 12-gauge shotgun. Oh, my
0: gosh.
1: Other than that, there were no significant signs that she was ever sexually assaulted.
0: And what about the boy's cause of death? I'm sorry. He was,
1: yeah, he had been bound, beaten, and smothered.
0: That's interesting. So that makes me think that the perpetrator is a male because he
1: destroyed the face of the female. Yeah. Just a week later, 10-year-old Christine Milik was trusted to return home safely after her mother, Deborah agreed to allow her to walk to the 7-Eleven that was just down the street. Mm-hmm. Her mother usually wouldn't agree to such a thing. However, the two had already been running errands for the day, and Christine was bored and her mother was tired. Within 30 minutes, Christine failed to return home. Deborah immediately contacted police. Yeah. Only after 19 excruciating days... Christine's body was found by a postal worker who was traveling down a dead-end street 19 days. Oh my gosh. Check this out. This postal worker was actually used to traveling down that road every once in a while since it was known to be a dumping ground for, like, furniture and stuff. And he would go down there and clean this area out because he just felt bad. And so on this day, he... It was January 21st and he noticed that fresh snow was disturbed as long, along with tire tracks and yeah. footprints and ultimately he saw a small figure laying in the snow. Oh,
0: it makes me sad. I know that the person is deceased and they don't they can't feel that but it hurts my heart more when someone's in like snow or like in cold because yeah. it's like oh,
1: that's so uncomfortable, <laughs> you know, lonely. like god that's awful. Christine was seemingly tucked in by the killer with snow packed all around her body. Like packed with like care. a bed. Yeah. Isn't that strange? That is strange. There was no attempts to cover up his handprints either. So it okay. was like, yeah. So it's not like he was cupping the, the yeah. snow. Yeah. He was packing it with its hands. You could see the size of the person right, based the on the size of the hands. Once again, Christine's body was cleaned, clothed, washed, and she was well-fed as well. Wow. She had been smothered less than 24 hours before her discovery, meaning that she lived with her abductor for 18 days until her murder. She also did not appear to be sexually assaulted, and the
0: the length of time that this perpetrator is keeping these children is increasing as well. Yeah,
1: well, the first one was four days, the second one was two days. This one's nineteen or yeah, 18 days. well, nineteen.
0: Yeah, I was saying. So that's, I mean, that's quite a long time. It's, it seems like again they're they're wanting to treat the child well, and then they snap.
1: Yeah, right. I don't know. Ugh. It's very strange. Timothy King was 11 years old when his parents began to consider him responsible enough to be trusted at home alone. Oh, gosh. He did have older siblings, he did have younger siblings, and apparently he had watched some neighborhood children before. hmm On May 16th, 1977, Tim's parents had made arrangements to attend dinner at a neighbor's house just a few streets down from the King household. And since they were only a short skateboard ride down the street, they thought nothing of leaving him home for just a few hours while they went and hung out with the neighbors. However, after his parents left for the gathering, Tim decided that he wanted to take the short trip on his board down to the corner store for a few snacks. Tim made it to the corner store, purchased his items, and left the store through like a kind of side or back door Mm -hmm. around 8.30 p.m. He kind of hung around in the parking lot, maybe futzing around with his skateboard, not in a rush to get home, when two eyewitnesses saw Tim speaking to a man inside of a blue gremlin with a white racing stripe down the side. This was the last known whereabouts of Tim King. His body was found four days later by two teens that were driving past a ditch where Tim's body lie. Oh. He had been washed, cleaned, clothes pressed, recently fed. His skateboard was placed neatly next to his body. Like, I don't understand. It's kind of interesting that there's no tokens being taken either, you know?
0: Yeah, and you think... Like, like
1: could have kept the backpack, could have kept the skateboard, could have kept the, you know?
0: And we're also, like... There's certain situations where. Usually, when people preserve a body after their decease, it's because they want to hang on to it, right. if you
1: will. That's so what I mean. the fact that he's
0: preserving the body and leaving it
1: and out in the open, leaving everything with the individual yeah. that they came with.
0: That's really interesting.
1: That's what I was. That's what I was thinking too. It was like, why wouldn't he take a trophy or a token? Yeah. If he cared for them so much. I
0: don't know.
1: Maybe he that's did. Maybe we
0: didn't know. Maybe he took a log of hair.
1: Tim had been sexually assaulted, his hands showing signs of being tied behind his back, along with his ankles also being restrained. And ultimately, he was suffocated.
0: So the boys are the only ones that have been sexually assaulted. Interesting.
1: He had been deceased for only six hours before being found, his last meal being KFC. This is especially haunting because his parents' plea for the safe return of Tim, they had mentioned that they couldn't wait for him to get home to feed him his favorite food, KFC.
0: Oh, fuck no. Okay, so take the surveillance footage from all the KFCs in the area between the last 20 days... This is 77. ...and interview every single
1: person that went
0: through or something. Or 77.
1: Inside. I don't know if they have surveillance in establishments like that. that. Isn't ridiculous. that interesting? That's... I was, like, like he was clearly, clearly watching. He was watching the news. Yeah. I mean, usually they do. That's not weird that he was watching the or news. Or reading though. it in the paper, and yeah. but Yeah. So there have been about six other cases that were suspected to be linked to the Oakland County child killer, but there was no sufficient evidence to prove this beyond a shadow of a doubt. Of course, many suspects came and went. Most notably, John Wayne Gacy was looked at. Really? Yes.
0: The chicken man.
1: The chicken. (laughs) Call me the Kernel. Well, he did work at KFC. (laughs) He did. (laughs) (laughs) Call me the kernel. But first of all, it didn't meet Gacy's M.O. And furthermore, uh, extensive DNA testing would exclude him eventually. So the Oakland County Task Force would release the following profile on the day that Timothy King went missing. This is also considered, considering the eyewitness testimony from the evening that Tim was last seen. So the perpetrator would be a white male, 20 to 30 years of age, above average education, so higher education of some kind, with above average intelligence. Likely gay or queer or struggling with some type of Maybe not struggling with an orientation, but has a specific type of orientation since the girls were not assaulted. Yeah. Maybe previously diagnosed with mental disorders, such as depression or personality disorders. Hmm. Huh. And has likely sought the help of a psychologist or psychiatrist before.
0: Oh, that makes a lot of sense because DID gets misdiagnosed on average of nine times before it's diagnosed. Right. And is
1: usually a personality disorder of some kind, right? Where they try to say it is. They say it is at first. That's really interesting. They have to be living in a situation that could house a kidnapped child for 18 days. Yeah, so they so, probably live alone. <laughs> right, so probably not a transient person, likely lives alone, and not only that, but most likely a middle to higher income home. I was gonna say it's probably not an apartment
0: either. It's not like gonna that. be
1: an apartment, it's not, yeah, exactly. Likely does not use uh, abuse substances such as drug and alcohol because of his meticulous planning and cleaning of the body. Thus, he would h- likely have an extremely clean lifestyle including his home or his car. Yeah, if he's that worried about the bodies being nice and clean, he's probably really nice and clean. Right. He most likely has a regular routine, like a 9 to 5, but often vacations during winter months, given that the two, vic- two of the victims were very close. They were, like, a week apart. Yeah. And that was, like, Jan- December, January. So they said, you know, he likely has... I don't know. I mean, wouldn't that be, like, a teacher? Yeah, December and January. I don't know. Or, or he had, like... PTO is funny PT, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Quite possibly the hebiest part of he-biased. this en- hebiest part of this entire profile is that he likely doesn't have complications with portraying himself as a completely normal individual yeah. including maintaining a long-term relationship outside of the home. I don't doubt it. They're also able to engage in normal sexual activity and can especially connect to younger people. I was going to say, he's probably
0: able to maintain a relationship with someone because his M.O. is killing children. He doesn't kill adults, so no.
1: it's fine for him to just be with a young adult, maybe
0: maybe yeah. an 18 year old or something. Right.
1: Or maybe, you know, just every once in a while it's this child thing that's happening, you know, it's... Yeah. Maybe, yeah, maybe he is was, with an adult and then, yeah. He, yeah,
0: he kind of
1: leans into his dark side, if you will, Yeah, with this... It's the kind of guy that you're not going to move in with, though. Like, yeah. he's like, no, you know, I, I enjoy our space. I really yeah. enjoy our space. Yikes. But that has no problem maintaining normal relationships. That's so eerie. The Oakland County child killer has never been found, but given that he has all the makings to maintain a regular lifestyle, it's possible, like, he can simply just stop killing. Well, yeah, and
0: again, that really makes me think DID, especially with the relationship Mm. thing. There, maybe the host, or the most forward-presenting personality, or identity, is the one that can maintain these relationships- and then there's another a, additional one that kills, or right. maybe he is the one that kills, and that's why the child one that wrote the letter can't tell anybody anything because the host won't let him yeah. ch- come up in those in those situations where he has someone to tell.
1: Right. I I think it's DID, and not only that, but the reference to Nam, like that must have been the most core like traumatic experience that maybe, you know, was the trigger point for. Yeah presenting and dealing with the trauma
0: i think it's did for sure that's very it's interesting and i'm excited i, I sound excited in my voice because we've never really seen a case with a killer that has mm-hmm.
1: that yeah i think he might it's very interesting with any information regarding this case contact investigators at 833-784-9425 damn that was a really good one. Oh my gosh thanks I thought that was really interesting, and definitely i have had requests for Zodiac, definitely have had requests for Oakland County, yeah, and then Alphabet, I just thought was really, really interesting as well.
0: Yeah, no, I didn't know enough about Zodiac, and I didn't know anything about the other two, so mm. that was, I learned a lot today, that was a good one. Yeah, if you guys have any info or anything like that, go ahead and reach out to those... Um, well, the FBI. <laughs> Those
1: well, I didn't have that number for the FBI, but the FBI has your number, baby. <laughs> oh, yeah, you know they do. That was awesome. Well, thank you for bringing that.
0: If you guys want us to do another something similar like this, or if you guys want us to do maybe another um non-guilty verdict mental breakdown like we did, I know that one was a lot of fun. We can definitely
1: take suggestions. For sure, yeah. And I think that even if it doesn't really pertain to... you know, a psychological thing or whatever. We can always create new ideas for mental breakdowns. so We can bring you the content that you guys want and make it, you know, it might not be a full case on a Thursday, but, you know, we've been trying to do that a little bit more as like incorporating several cases that we might not necessarily tackle um, in its entirety, but at least, you know, talking about them and bringing awareness to some of those, Victims and yeah, and stuff like that as well For so. sure
0: mental breakdowns definitely are very
1: General we can do almost anything With a mental breakdown especially with the Patreon uh, exclusive content that's Going to come out for sure. I was we don't just mind, about to say that. Yeah. We don't mind tackling some of the cases that maybe may don't fit what we want to talk about and bring to the masses. Um, but for you guys, absolutely. Yeah,
0: absolutely. And for the Patreon, I know that we've both been really excited for the bonus episodes once a month. On the 29th, again, for the 10 and $20 patrons, we are going to be doing a bonus episode. This may not be extremely within our theme, which is why we're doing it as a bonus episode for Patreons. But I know that I'm going to tackle, like, Toybox Killer at that because, again, he was never convicted, but that's a really interesting case and it's really graphic as well. So those cases will be, like, more in-depth, more raw, like, not-so-PG-13, you know, Mm -hmm. kind of uh, more in-depth. So if you want to listen to cases like that, highly suggest donating to the Patreon. You will get those once a month as well as the early ad-free episodes for everything else. Do you want to leak who we're going to do for our 29th so that we can get people excited about joining the Patreon?
1: Uh yeah, so it's definitely been a case that I have always thought about when I think about uh nightmarish fucking people. <laughs> and uh I'm going to be doing Albert Fish. Ooh. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Ooh, Some... that's a bad one. His oh, letters yeah. are in- insane. Not to use that word, but, you know.
0: Yeah, if you guys... So if you guys want to listen to a really deep dive into Albert Fish, if you like the way that we do things, that one will be coming out on the 29th of this month. Again, only for the $10 and $20 Patreon members, but check out diagnosingakiller.com. Check out Lady You're Scaring Us. Get their content in your brain before Monday so that you can kind of see how they do things. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, go ahead and give their episode a listen. Both of them will be out on Monday, our episode and theirs at midnight, so... We will be really excited to listen to theirs. I, yes. I, I know like a very little tiny bit about their story that they're bringing, <laughs> and I know all about the case that I'm bringing—the mental yeah. breakdown. So, really excited to hear how they pair together. And I think we have a new DAK live in the works. Oh yeah, shit! I forgot yeah. about that. Yeah, we have a lot of really exciting things coming up, and hopefully, my I'm voice s- will sound better next time we record.
1: <laughs> I can't believe that's already going to be next week. I know. Well, I recording, to watch them, but yeah. Know.
0: So yeah, we're really excited. We're going to have a new guest host on the DAK Live, and we will tell you who that
1: is probably later or when it comes out. <laughs> probably ne- Yeah, probably next week, honestly. Yeah. We're, we're, it's really hard for us to contain anything when we get really excited about it. So. <laughs> we're about at keeping secrets. Yes. yes.
0: All right, guys. Well, follow us on Instagram, follow us on social media, give us a shout, send us an email. We have some really cool sponsors coming up lately or soon as well, so we're really excited about that. And we will talk to you guys later. Diagnosing please. Please. And buy our merch. Love yes. you. Love you. <laughs> Bye. Bye.
1: Featured in Vogue, Forbes, and more, Alarez has the most beautiful and expertly crafted diamond jewelry for that special someone in your life. From engagement rings, pendants, and earrings, you're sure to find the perfect gift that expresses exactly how you feel. Click the link in the show notes to receive $10 off your first order, plus free shipping. Alarez fitting all of your jewelry needs from A to Z.